we are continuing our study in the book of Jeremiah, and we are looking at how God's plan prevails. Uh, we have been studying this for several weeks now, and we have seen over and over again how Jeremiah has come to the people of Israel, uh, specifically the southern kingdom Judah, and he has told them time and time again that God is going to bring punishment if they do not repent. They had been uh, worshiping other gods, sacrificing their children to other gods. They had been neglecting the widows and the orphans, and God had had enough. And this, we're going to see this um, stronger than we've seen it in any other passage so far in Jeremiah today. And, and today we're going to specifically talk about how God's word prevails. And we'll be looking in Jeremiah chapters 15 and chapter 20, uh, specifically. And in, this, in these chapters, we're going to see that God is bringing punishment. And, and he's done talking about it. And Jeremiah is going to have a hard time with this. Because, yeah, he wants God to uh, protect him, keep him safe, avenge him. But these are his people, too. So he wants them punished, but he doesn't want the punishment necessarily that God is going to bring. But God knows what's best, and he knows how to bring his people back to him, and he's going to do what's necessary. And so, um, now these chapters, as we've discussed many times, they're not in chronological order. Chapter 20 actually comes before chapter 15 in chronology, but Jeremiah is not um, ordered by chronology. It's ordered in a different way, and so we'll, we'll look at both of them together. We'll, we'll start in chapter 15, since that's the order of Jeremiah. But I just wanted to let you know that really what's, what Jeremiah is saying in chapter 15 is a direct response to some of the things that's happening in chapter 20. And so in chapter 14, we see that, that the context of what's going on here. In chapter 14, we see uh, that there's a famine taking place. And so not only is God promising punishment from Babylon coming in, uh, but th there's a famine. And so the people are starving. And yet they still won't listen to God. So by the time we get to chapter 15 and verse 1, uh, God says that even if, if Moses and Samuel were here pleading the case of the, of the Israelites, he would not hear it. And so Jeremiah shouldn't feel bad. He's not even gonna, he wouldn't even listen to, to Moses or Samuel if they were here. Uh, but this doesn't help Jeremiah. He, he's, he's broken. He's upset. He's broken because his people are persecuting him. He's going through a terrible time of trouble um, and pain. But he's also broken because he, he wants to know where God is in all of this. And maybe we can relate to that right now. We're going through some crazy times in our world. And maybe we can relate to wondering where God is in all of it. And so in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 10, Jeremiah says, Woe is me, my mother, that you bore me. He's like, Mom, I wish you wouldn't even have, have given birth to me. I wish I wouldn't have even born. So this is God's man speaking. How many of you have ever been in a place where you felt desperate? Where you wondered what God was doing in all of this? And, and, and you were wondering what he was doing. That's where Jeremiah is. Woe is me, my mother, that you bore me a man of strife and contention to the whole land. I have not lent, nor have I borrowed, yet all of them curse me. He's saying, I don't owe anybody money and nobody owes me money, and yet they all still, they still hate me. What's going on here? And so, Jeremiah is broken. The Lord said, this is God's response, 
Have I not set you free for their good? Now, there's going to be an interesting play on words here. This has happened in Jeremiah already, and it will happen many more times. But I want to point it out that the good versus bad, uh, you see good, and then the word trouble over there, they're related. Uh, good tob is the Hebrew word, and then ra'ah is the Hebrew term for evil or trouble. And it, the Israelites brought this on themselves because of their wickedness, because of their sin. And God is, is just, and he is going to punish them according to the way that he should. Because if people do evil, if people hurt others, then they need to be punished. And God is going to do that. He's going to uh, do this to bring about revival, to turn them back to him and to help them to know the good that they should be doing. Stop neglecting the widows and orphans. Stop worshiping other gods. Um, and he says, have I not set you free, talking to Jeremiah, for their good? I know you've gone through pain. I know you've gone through trouble. But I keep rescuing you for their good, for the good of the people. Have I not pleaded for you before the enemy in the time of trouble and in the time of distress? He says, look around you, and you're still breathing. You're still alive. I still have a purpose for you. I still have a plan for you, declares the Lord. He, he'll tell them that a little bit later when Jeremiah writes a letter in chapter 29. But he's saying, I know what I'm doing, and, and I have a purpose in this. This isn't just about you. This is about the entire country. I set you free for their good. Can one break iron, iron from the north and bronze? He's saying, it's too late for these people. Babylon is come, The Babylonians are coming from the north, and it's, it's too late. Can one break iron from the north, um, break iron, iron from the north and bronze? Your wealth and your treasures I will give as spoil without price for all your sins throughout all your territory. He's, now he's talking to the Israelites. He, he's shifted from t responding to Jeremiah. Now he's talking to all the people of Judah, and he's saying, um, the Babylonians are going to come in, and they're going to defeat you, and, what, and, and I'm just giving them your treasure, your wealth. I will make you serve your enemies in a land that you do not know. For in my anger a fire is kindled that shall burn forever. So God is, is clearly communicating his wrath here. And, and he's telling them, you're going to serve your enemies in a land that you do not know. This is a prophecy of what's going to come later when they're taken into exile into Babylon. Now, Jeremiah is left behind in Jerusalem, in, in the city of Judah, but, um, but most of the people are taken as captives into Babylon. In verse 15, we see that God, uh, Jeremiah now is going to respond to God. O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me and take vengeance for me on my persecutors and your forbearance, take me not away. Know that for your sake, I bear reproach. He's saying, I'm doing this for you, God. I, I'm, I'm doing these things because I love you and I'm, I want to serve you. And so then we get to verse 16. He says, your words were found and I ate them. Now, remember, God's word prevails. God's word has been at work in Jeremiah's life. The first sermon we preached on Jeremiah, we saw how God's word affected him. And how it changed him. And when, and when we look at God's word and his, your words were found, 
God's Word and God are interchangeable so often in Scripture. Even when you get to the New Testament and you're looking at Jesus, John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so when, when Jeremiah is talking about his Word here, he's talking about his whole relationship with God because God's Word is attached to God himself. Your words were found and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and delight of my heart. So this is what it was when he found them. It was a joy and it was a delight. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. But remember what he said a few verses ago. He regrets even being born. And so God's word, while it's true, doesn't mean everything's going to always go good go well for us. And so in verse 17, Jeremiah says, I did not sit in the company of revelers, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone because your hand was upon me, for you had filled me with indignation. He's saying, I didn't hang out with these sinners. He's probably wondering why he's being punished when he didn't even hang out with these people that are doing the evil. They wouldn't hang out with him if he wanted to hang out with them. And he says, and, and Jeremiah was filled with indignation because of the word of God. And then verse 18, why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? And so he's already back to suffering. And I'm just going to tell you something. I've been there. I have been there where I trust God and I know he is good and I trust his word. But I don't understand the things that are happening around me. I don't understand the pain that I see. This is something that is a common experience of humanity. And so whether we have a relationship with God or we don't, we can see evil. We can see pain. We can see suffering. And we all experience it at some point in our lives. And now Jeremiah is at the point of pain where he says, Why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Will you be to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fell? He's talking to God. And he's saying, there's this stream that you depend on, and then one day you go there, and there's no water in it. This is Jeremiah talking to God. Now, I'm not saying he's right to talk to God like this, but this is something common we find in Scripture. If you go to the Psalms, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We see people calling out in honesty, in vulnerability. They're crying out to God, where are you? Where is my help? Where is my stronghold? I need you. Where is my... Not, my knight in shining armor. I need salvation. I need rescue. And so if you feel that, go to God with that. Tell him how you feel. That is the example that is set in scripture. I'm not saying that we're right to pursue God like that. I'm saying that it's better than just being bitter and not talking to him and just pretending like everything's okay. You need to have reverence for God and respect for God, but you need to go to him with your questions. He is not a deceitful brook. And that's, that's going to become clear to Jeremiah. Verse 19. Therefore, thus says the Lord. So uh, how do you think God's going to respond after that? Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, I will restore you. Okay? So he said, I'm not going to restore Judah. But Jeremiah, what you just said, you need to repent. You know I'm here. You know I love you. And sometimes God has to whisper that to us. Sometimes he speak to, speaks to us like a stern parent. And sometimes he shouts it 
in our lives. But he says to Jeremiah, If you return, I will restore you. You shall stand before me. If you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, you shall be as my mouth. He says, stop saying all this stuff that you're saying, and you say what I put in you. You speak truth. It's not worthless what I'm telling you to say. Jeremiah feels like it's desperate and it's worthless, but it's not. He has a job to do. You shall be as my mouth. They shall turn to you, but you shall not turn to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, declares the Lord. So God is telling Jeremiah, you're wondering where your salvation is? You're wondering where your rescue is? Where your brook is that won't run dry? I'm right here. I'm here. I'm going to help you to prevail. It might not feel like it. It might not look like it. But it, it's going to happen. And in verse 21, last verse we'll look at in chapter 15, I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. And so God is telling him that he is going to redeem him. He's going to deliver him. Even though things are getting tough and crazy, he is going to work good in all of this. So now let's turn over to chapter uh, 20. And... What we're going to see, it, it, we're going to start in verse 7, but at the beginning of that chapter, Pashur, uh, the priest, beats Jeremiah. He, he punishes him. And so Jeremiah is going through the suffering. And remember how I said this probably took place before Jeremiah's desperation. And we'll see at the end of this chapter, we won't read uh, past verse 13, but at the end of this chapter is basically what Jeremiah just said. Uh, about his desperation and where are you, God? And I regret that I was even born. W this That's at the end of this chapter too. So let's read in between Jeremiah's punishment and his desperation. Let's read that and starting in verse seven. Oh Lord, you have deceived me and I was deceived. You are stronger than I and you have prevailed. Now I believe here that Jeremiah is talking about when God called him. God called him and he says, hey, <clears throat> Don't use your youth as an excuse. I'm going to put the words in your mouth. I'm going to, he's saying this in chapter 1 of Jeremiah. It's this incredible call where Jeremiah is trying to make excuses and God takes them away. And so God convinces Jeremiah. He wins his heart. He tells him, you're going to be my servant. Now, he's not going to have an easy task ahead of him. Um, but now Jeremiah is saying, you've deceived me. I was deceived. You're stronger than I and you have prevailed. Uh, God's Plans prevail, by the way. I don't know if you've ever heard that. And God's word prevails. And in this case, that's what's going on here. Jeremiah says, I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. Now, this might sound like something weird for a person who loves God to say. But just as I was just talking about, sometimes when people who love God are in pain, we say things from the desperation of our heart. We say things that might not be good. It might not be truth, but we're saying them to God in order to find direction, in order to find rescue, in order to converse with him and have a conversation with him to, to make sure that we're talking to him and praying to him. And sometimes when we pray, we don't say the right things. 
that's okay. That's prayer. If we say the wrong thing, we just repent and, and we ask God to forgive us. But God is going to convince us of, of what he desires. And he's not cool with Jeremiah talking like this, as we just saw at the end of chapter 15. Um, but here in verse 7 of chapter 20, Jeremiah is, is again desperate. And then verse 8, For whenever I speak, I cry out, I shout, violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. You have to understand where Jeremiah is coming from. Every time he talks to everyone around him, he is saying, repent or God is going to destroy you. And now the time of repentance is over by chapter 20. And so Jeremiah is just saying, don't listen to the false prophets. Prepare yourself. God is bringing in the Babylonians. Destruction is coming. And so he, every time he speaks, violence and destruction, violence and destruction. You can imagine, I mean, put yourself in Jeremiah's shoes. You can imagine his desperation. He considers himself a man of, of reproach. Or, or sorry, the word of the Lord has become to him a reproach, a derision all day long. He said, I don't even like the word of the Lord. Sometimes in life, when God calls us to do things that are hard, when he calls us to endure through pandemics and natural disasters and his punishment, when he calls us to endure all kinds of things, it's not easy. And sometimes the very thing that's supposed to bring us peace, the word of God, because our heart's not right, it, it hurts us. It brings us pain. And that's what Jeremiah is experiencing here. And then a famous verse, verse 9. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. Jeremiah says, I've tried not speaking it. I've tried not saying the truth of God's word, but it was like a fire burning within me, burning within my heart, and I couldn't hold it in. I had to speak it. Now, this is amazing when it's love that we're speaking, when God has filled us so much with the truth of his love that every time we speak, it just flows out of us, and we feel like we're going to burst if we hold in his love. That's an incredible feeling. But what about when God is speaking judgment? What about when God is saying bad things are going to happen? Punishment is going to happen because of sin. What about the unpleasant things? I told Rose last week, it's, it, this is a little personal side story, but uh, preaching is really hard right now. I'm sitting here looking at a computer. No one's in here. I have no idea how y'all feel about this. Last week I preached that sermon about... Um, God is jealous over his word. And it was a hard sermon. It's, it was tough. And I couldn't see the look on your faces. I didn't know if, if I had offended you. And in a sense, it doesn't matter, right? I'm supposed to preach God's word no matter what. But I'm a human, and I love you guys. Those of you who are watching that I know, I love you. I don't want to offend you. But sometimes we have to speak truth. And God's word offends me all the time. And hopefully... I, I take it in the right way and I repent. I ask God to, to forgive me of whatever's going on and help me be right with him. 
and hopefully he will bring, I mean, if, if we confess our sins, then he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of every wrong. But um, sometimes things are already set in motion. You know, we can ask God to forgive us of our sins, and he will, but that doesn't mean that he's going to spare us from the consequences on this side of heaven of our sin. There are things I've done in the past, and even though I asked God to forgive me, I still had to deal with the consequences of the things I did. And so, Jeremiah, the word is not always pleasant. And he's saying, in this case, I tried to hold it in. I tried not to say it, but it was like a fire burning within me, and I had to get it out. I hope that the word of God today would convict you and deal with you the way that it dealt with Jeremiah, to where whatever God is trying to do in your life, you would not be able to to, uh, hold it in, that it would happen, that it would be like a fire that's burning within you. Verse 10, for I hear many whispering, terrors on every side, denounce him, let us denounce him. Say, all my close friends watching for my fall, his close friends, the people he's familiar with, are saying, denounce him, let us denounce him, because of what he's saying, because they want to believe the false prophets, they want to believe the the priests that are are not doing what God wants. They want to believe that everything's going to, that they can just keep living their life the way they want, and everything's going to be okay, regardless of how many people they hurt, regardless of if they're following God or not, and Jeremiah when he speaks against that, they don't like it. When he says that destruction is coming, they don't like it. So even the people who are close to him are saying denounce him. Verse 11, but the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble. They will not overcome me. They will be greatly shamed for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. So Jeremiah now, here he is full of faith again. The Lord is with me as a dread warrior. He's going to destroy everybody in in my path because I'm doing what God's called me to do, right? This fire that's burning within me to speak the word that he has given me. And so he's back to on top. Salvation is coming for, for Jeremiah, not his enemies. But in verse 12, O Lord of hosts who tests the righteous, who sees the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance upon them. For to you have I committed my cause. He said, I'm I'm living for you. Bring your judgment. And then in the last verse that we'll look at, he says, sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the needy from the hand of the evildoers. So he's, he's praising God. God is so good. He, he's, he's going to do what's necessary. We see this, but in verse 14, he says, Cursed be the day on which I was born, which brings us back to the beginning. It brings us back to what we were reading and looking at earlier. He's saying, sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the needy from the hand of the evildoers. But then we go back to Jeremiah 15, and just as the next verse in chapter 20, verse 14, cursed be the day of which I was born, where we started this sermon, woe is me, my mother, that you bore me, a man of strife and contention. 
Jeremiah is high. Jeremiah is low. And that's how it is following God sometimes. It's not all just perfect. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's extremely hard. And so we have to find the balance. We have to trust God. We have to turn to Him. And we have to, whatever He's saying, whatever truth He's speaking to us, we have to accept it, whether we like it or not. And we have to, if there is are sins in our life, we have to turn from them. We have to repent and turn back to God. Because what we intend for evil, ra'ah, the Hebrew word, God can work to good. And if, if we go to Romans, we find that God can work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And so where are you today? Maybe you're reading this and you're like, man, Jeremiah is dramatic. And, uh, and you don't understand where he's coming from. You've never been there. But I have a feeling that most of you, especially those of you who have been following God long enough, you know where Jeremiah was coming from. When you can look around you and you don't understand what's going on, when you can look around you and you don't understand the pain and the suffering. And when that's the case, you go to God with that like Jeremiah did. And if you say something and in your heart you know that what you just said you went too far, then God can turn to you and say, I will restore you, but you better repent and we confess our sins. But I just want to say that if you're going through a hard time right now, I'm sorry. I've been there. We're all struggling right now in, in certain ways. And I just want you to know that you don't have to do this alone. First of all, God will be there with you. If you turn to him, he's there. And also, we're here for you. I'm here for you. Our church is here for you. And so I just want to challenge you and encourage you. Turn to God. Trust him. Do you have a relationship with him? If not, Ask him right now to forgive you and save you. Come to him now and say, God, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't get what's going on or why it's going on, but I'm going to put my faith and trust in you. That's what Jeremiah had to do. He didn't, he didn't want the things that were happening to happen. He didn't even want to say the things God told him to say. But he had a responsibility to follow God. And what Jeremiah couldn't see is God was working it all out for good. Yes, it was going to be many, many years before you could see the good. It was, the, it was a long game. Um, but we have to trust God even when we don't understand what's going on right now. And so I hope and pray that right now you will trust God. If you've never followed him, if you've never been born again, never been saved, I pray that you would ask him to save you right now, that you would turn from your sins and follow him. If you are saved and you've just been struggling, then go to him like Jeremiah did and just tell him what's on your heart. Be real with him. And, and sometimes we can't even talk. We can just go to him and, and say, God, why? God, help me. Sometimes we're, we feel so much pain, just as Jeremiah, that it's not silence that comes out or just to help me. It's bitterness. God, I regret that I was even born. If that's what's going on in your heart, go to God right now. But I also want you to know 
that God has placed Christians in this world. He has spread his love. He has spread his word so that we can be there for one another to love and to serve one another and to mourn with those who mourn, to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And so if you need us, I pray that you would reach out to us. Um, let me pray for us. God, help us. We need you. We don't always understand what you're doing, why you're doing it. But God, we turn to you now and we just ask you, save us. Lord, I pray that you, the dread warrior would come and help us during this time. And we would sing your praises. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.